Welcome to the One City Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at onecitymemphis.org. Well, it's great to be here. Hey, I want to say hi to my friends, John and Linda Toner. This guy, we've been friends for just under 100 years. It is. Truthfully, it is. Just under 100. Yeah, right. Uh, back in the 60s, I know, it's hard to believe, but uh, back in the, John and I, we, we started the ministry together, you know, back picking up hitchhikers back then, and uh, yeah, we have some fun stories to tell you, but you know, and I, I'm glad he's still alive, you know, because <laughs> somebody says, he's not lying, he's telling the truth. We were, not too long ago, we were up visiting them at their uh, cabin, and there was a bunch of us, just some old friends, and we we're sitting in the room, and um, as they, as the other guys were sharing stories and John was t- sharing, Susie, she goes, wow, they are true. It's like, for God's sakes, we've been married 47 years and you're just now, you know, yeah. And Linda, you know, see, there you have, you know, it's, it's true. We're not lying to you. The miraculous takes place and that's it. And we're here to testify to you that it's the truth. I want to share something with you along this line. It's something that's happened over this last season. It's, it's kind of a difference for us is that, um, you know, when we prepare to come to a church and, you know, normally you think, oh, uh, this is what the Lord's saying. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to share this teaching. And the Lord said, no, you're not. And I go, but it's a good one, you know. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and the Lord said, no, I just, I have, I'm going to give you words specifically for the situation. And not even necessarily a sermon or teaching, but just thus says the Lord type idea, which is, you know, a little bit intimidating but uh, overall, it's so far so good. We'll see. You know, but uh, you know, uh, the Lord's been doing good with the favor thing, that's for sure. And I've asked Chris for the name of those friends that he had lunch with, but he's pretty tight-lipped. Because <clears throat> I just need one of those. <laughs> I'd be a happy camper. All right. <laughs> so, one of the things I wanted to point out is we sang this morning, even from the first song to the last, is that, you know, like he turns graves into gardens, uh, you know, mourning to dancing, so on. I want you to notice that there's something of tragedy before there's a victory. Yes. Somebody's got to die, you see. And I think that what the Lord wants to speak this morning is simply this, that like as Chris has pointed out, when we met in London, you know, it was just through mutual friends and we were just having a nice time and he began to share and when he did, both of us felt in our spirit like, oh, somebody's going on a journey. You know, we, we could see that. And in that situation, when, when I heard the words and we were just sharing, we didn't think it was, you know, a journey to death, but a journey for glory. And what came to my mind this morning was Lazarus, you know. And um, in John chapter 11, it says, so then he told them plainly, Jesus, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I was glad it was not there, so you may believe, but let's go to him. And that's really the story. If you think about it, you think about Jesus, and you think about Lazarus and the girls, how close they were. They were friends. They hung out together. And then for the Lord to hear that Lazarus was in trouble, that he was sick, and he was in pain, and he was dying, you would think, well, we're, you know, call an Uber. We're on our way right now. We're going to get there. We're going to help this boy, right? But Jesus knew that there was a death that had to take place, not just for the moment, 
but for us to talk about it this morning. That there's a story of resurrection that has not been told and would not have happened unless Lazarus died. Now look, these guys carry an anointing. That's why you're here. You know, you, you, it's, it's not anything else. You know, you, you can't say it's their personalities. They're nice people. But in truth, it's because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that draws you in because you can smell something cooking from God. And you know God wants to do something and he wants to demonstrate his power through this. And this is one of those things. Now, they went and when they got there, you know, in fact, if you read the whole chapter, the other people, the scribes, the Pharisees, other people in the community said, let's go watch this. This should be interesting because Lazarus is dead. You know, and they all knew he's in the tomb. He's been there four days. This is it. So they all go, let's go see what happens because this could be the end of the ministry. True? But Jesus comes and he talks to them in the next, in verse 25, he says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The ones who believe in me even uh, will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And again, as believers, we have an we always have a, you know, even as we've done this morning, proclaim the unseen. We believe in the miraculous, but sometimes it's like, Lord, I believe in miracles, but help my unbelief, because many of us are carrying situations financially, emotionally, physically, as Chris pointed out, that, you know, we, we carry these things on us, and we don't see the breakthrough. We're believing to believe, but in that we're not seeing the manifestation of that physical truth. So that's why Jesus did this. He's in this situation, and Lazarus is in the tomb. He's dead. You can imagine everybody's feeling, because up to that point, I mean, we've heard about prophets of old, but in truth, people don't get up after they're dead. True? And, and, and so <clears throat> this is it. The story's over for Lazarus, but then Jesus steps in. And I want you to understand this, guys. You know, and, and we, we watch this journey. And I want to speak to you prophetically in this. That, listen, what they went through, somebody had to die. And thank God it was them and not us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because dying's not easy. Do you know that? I mean, can you, <laughs> you think, oh, well, just, just trust in the Lord. Shut up. You know? <laughs> You know, because trusting in the Lord is, oh, okay, we'll just trust God. You know, it ain't going to happen. Most of the time when it's trusting the Lord, it's like white-knuckled. It's hanging on. I believe. Now, how many of you have miracles in your life, and you know God has come through a hundred times, but shoot, here we go again, is white-knuckled Christianity. True? Isn't that what we go through, and that's what we suffer? But in this, we say this, Lord, have your own way. Do whatever you want to do. It's like you'd think we'd learn better. You know, Lord, could, is there another way around this? You know, you know, I don't really want to go to that location, but this is how it works. I remember a song we used to sing, Purify My Heart. It was out of the vineyard, you know, let me be like gold, you know, purify, melt me down. You know, it's like, what are you singing? What are you saying? Take me, take me as a solid piece and turn me into liquid so there's nothing solid left in me anymore. It's like, uh, you know, can't we just kind of, freeze it or do something else but this this melting down to something that you know is going to destroy everything of substance in my life you know but you know you know that the the the, uh, the goldsmith does it so that what he doesn't turn it off until he looks and beholds his face true and in the same situation that's where we're at with the lord 
And so I think at this particular junction, this is what the Lord has said. As each and every one of you have prayed, as Chris and Karen have prayed, Lord, give us a church in this city that reflects your face. Lord, give us something in this community that represents you and not an organization, not a structure, not a methodology, but something that is pure, something that is holy, something that when people come to church, they can say, I was glad that they invited me and I went to the house of the Lord. You see, a lot of people come to church to meet God, and unfortunately, all they meet is us. True? And, you know, and it's not that you're not nice people, but it's not quite God, you know. And, and, and in that, the Lord wants to break that, so that when people come to the house of the Lord, that they walk in, and there's a living, manifest presence of the Holy Spirit that we see the needs met. Not something that's preached from the front, not something that's spoken out down here, but it's something that when people come in, that the Holy Spirit says, I'll take care of that. Right? And so that whatever the need may be, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, it doesn't matter. But the presence of God comes and brings that manifest glory, his presence in the room that, you know, that people say, I met God. You know, and, and that's kind of cool at that point. And if you look back into the uh, New Testament when the church was born, that's what happened. You know, it says that everyone felt a sense of awe. Now, that isn't like, ah, oh, isn't that cute? It's like, whoa, this is radical. This is major. I can't believe these things are happening because it says that the apostles prayed for the people and people were healed, people were delivered, people were set free, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those that were being saved. Behold our history. Behold the church. Behold the platform of who we are, what we are, and what we're to become. When Jesus came, he came and represented the Father in physical form. And he said, listen, guys, look at me. Look what I do. Listen to what I say. Because when I go, this is your job. This is what's going to happen. You will represent the Father as I have represented the Father. Right? And it wasn't, let's sing three more songs. It was, come out of the tomb. Right? And I think that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants a platform where people will say, it really is your church, God. And so, like I said, unfortunately, somebody's got to die for that glory to be manifested. So Lazarus, you know, and I wonder, you know, you think, you know, did he have a prophetic word? Oh, I'm not worried. But you still got to take your last breath. You know, you're sitting there laying on the bed going, sure, Lord. You know, it's like somebody mentioned the, you know, Moses going across the Red Sea. Okay, you know, depending on what temperament you are. Can you imagine? The sea opens up. Everybody's standing there. Go, all right, we're going to the other side. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Ladies first. You know, you know, you know. Women and children, go for it. You know, you know. But somebody had to have the guts to go for it. And I, when I think about it, my own personality, I think there was a time where it'd be like, yeah, let's do this, you know, and run down there. Now it's a little SOS, slower and smarter. You know, <laughs> slower, older, and smarter. That's it. But, you know, you, you, you sit there and you look at it and you, you, you wonder where would you be in the group. You don't want to be too hesitant because, you know, well, how long can you hold it up? You know, let's get going quick. You know, you don't want to be caught behind. You don't want to be the first one because you don't know. It's collapsing, you know. You know. <laughs> so in that, somewhere along the line, you got to fit it in. But somebody had to have the guts to go. Of course, the Lord helps. And I love the way the Lord helps. Pharaoh's behind. We're going to kill you. Yeah, we're going. You know, you know. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
And isn't that how most of us walk in miracles? You know, it's like, okay, Lord, I believe because there's no other way out, you know, right? I love it when people say, well, all we can do is pray. You know, it's like, yeah, really, all we have is the button to destroy everything and take it out. All we can do is pray. So in that, you have to kind of evaluate who you are and what you are and where you are. And then you kind of look at, see, see that when the Lord finds whose heart is turned towards them. He pours out his favor to a point where there, you know, that he can demonstrate that he may strongly support them in all that they do. Now, <clears throat> sometimes that takes a dying to self. Listen, I, 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 want, to, I want you to hear this here respectfully. He is not doing this for one church. He is not doing this for the Conleys. He's doing this for his kingdom. And I want you to look over the miracles. And I want you to look at all the things. We were talking about it last night. You need to write down all the chronicles here of what God's done and what he's doing and what he's going to do. We went to the new building yesterday. It's like, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? You know, they went on a little sojourn. But, you know, that's okay because the building wasn't even there then. It wasn't for sale. You know, guess what? God says, you just go a little trip here and we'll, we'll see you when you wake up. But, you know, when you, when you come back here and you get to this place, I'm going to show you something of the miraculous. And guess what? You are the beneficiaries of that miraculous. Somebody had to die. But in that, he turned graves into gardens. And you're going to be able to smell the flowers and enjoy it. What a building. I can't wait. That'll be fun. It really will be. But in that whole situation, understanding that that miraculous takes place, and somewhere in our line, we have to decide, how long will we trust God before we manipulate ourselves into situations of progress? If we want to allow the Lord to do it, then it's like this. Lord, if you don't show up, that's that. Right? And if he doesn't show up, then, you know, that's that. But if he does show up, then I have another testimony of the miraculous. And that's what the Lord wants to do. You make the decision of you can make it or he can make it. You know, yeah, there's a lot of analogies in that. But guys, you know, you're, you're smart enough to understand that God is speaking this. I want this to be my glory. I want this to be my crown. I want this to be that when everybody else is done talking about the story, they can, nobody gets the credit but Jesus. And that really is it. I was telling them about a story back in the 80s, which didn't seem that long ago until we started talking about it. But uh, um, we, were, uh, we, we were praying. We, Susie and I were driving all around California and you know, the, the western states, driving over 1,000 miles a week. And you know, it's like, it's a lot of driving. And uh, we'd asked, I've, I've had a prophetic word. The Lord, somebody said to us, the Lord wants to give you an airplane. I went, oh, score. Now, I, you know, I didn't know anything about airplanes in, and I didn't have a pilot's license and, and all this kind of stuff, but it was like, yeah. So by faith, I went down to the airport and started looking at airplanes. What are you looking for? I don't know. It's got wings, it flies, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, I looked for a while, and it kind of got frustrated because nothing happened. And, you know, and again, I didn't know what I was looking for. I went to another meeting and shared just that little bit of the testimony. Just saying, yeah, you know, God said, well, we're waiting, we're believing, hanging on to the promise, that which is not seen yet. But, you know, and a lady came up to me afterward, who we trust, and she said, you know, when you're sharing that, the Lord said to me to tell you that if you'll go get your license, you'll see the airplane. So I thought, oh, all right. So, 
you know, it was cost a lot of money, but I went in and I uh, said, all right, I'll do that. So I went home. I called the local FBO and I said, hey, I want to take an introduction lesson. How much will it cost? Guy told me. I said, okay, great. I'll call you back because, you know, I had, had to have the money. And uh, <laughs> I'm willing to move by faith, but the instructor wasn't. <laughs> all right. Well, just put it that way. All right. So, you know, that afternoon, a letter came in the mail. It's right. That's how old this story is. You know, but a letter came in the mail. And, and when it came, it opened up. There's a note saying, the Lord told me to send this to you. And it was the exact amount that we needed for the first lesson. So I went, cool. So I went down and you know, said, hey, do this. And he goes, when do you want your next lesson? I go, I'll call you. you know? <laughs> and he told me how much it was. And to make a long story longer, but uh, um, for the next six months, every time I went for a lesson, which was three times a week, the Lord provided the money right up to the last day of when I graduated and got my license. Now, you know, I get my license, I come home, I'm all stoked on this, and I come into the house, and I tell Sue, this is great, and the phone rings. And uh, back then, we had a staff, you know, it was not a wooden one, but, you know, people who, <laughs> people who worked for us, and uh, I thought it was somebody just kidding around, and they said, hey, uh, are you Tom Brown? I go, yeah. He goes, well, I have an airplane I want to give you. And I went, yeah, yeah, Hank, <laughs> this kind of... <laughs> And I, you know, then the guy was serious. He goes, no, he says, great story. He goes, he says, I have this airplane that I gave to a missionary, but he died. And now I have to get rid of the plane because I can't take it back because of tax reasons. I go, oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, like I said, somebody's got to die. <laughs> you know. So, you know, he, he gives me this plane and, and we go down and, and, you know, it goes on and goes on. But it wound up that we wound up getting this plane that was, 10 times more than we thought, 10 times, you know, just everything. It was just perfect, perfect. The good news is we got an airplane. The bad news was we got an airplane because now it's like the maintenance and the upkeep and the insurance and the hangering and everything else was more than we made per month. You know what I mean? It was like, this is crazy. And again, this guy who, who owned the uh, FBO where we are, he goes, listen, says, that airplane that you got, I really need that to be able to commute people down to L.A. and stuff. How about I lease it back from you for 10 hours a month, and I'll pay for everything. So, yes, I said. <laughs> and we, we did that. And for the next five years, we flew everywhere we needed to fly around America, you know, for free basically. So it, it was great. It's a great testimony. I don't even know why I told you that, but it's just a good story. But, you know, in the, is that there's, there's the miraculous that will take place, but sometimes there's a partnership that has to take place. Now, remember, here's what it is. During that time, I was with a group of businessmen, and we were all talking, and somebody had given us some property and uh, for the church, and they said, you know, do whatever you want to do with the property. Use it to meet a need. And, and these guys were investors. And they, we sit down at the table, and we're having lunch, and he goes, hey, we'll take that property off of you. We'll sell it. We'll get you that airplane. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, do not sell them the property. They will not get the glory for what I'm going to do. So I turned to them. I said, guys, listen, you can have the property. You can't buy me the airplane because God is going to supply it. And they're kind of like, mm, sure, son. You know, tap me on the head type idea. It was three to six months later that that other situation happened, and the Lord gave us the airplane free and clear. They had no, no 
nothing to do with it. In fact, one of the guys who we're still friends with today, he said, you know, uh, can I sell my airplane, be partners with your airplane, because your airplane's nicer than my airplane, you know. <laughs> and it was, but that was it, you know, that nobody could steal the glory. And I want you to understand that what's going on with the church, what's going on with this, with this whole birthing of this ministry, the Lord's saying, I'm not willing to share the glory. Amen. Enough of that. This is a place where God wants to crown himself in this situation. That when we go there, it's not, well, they were so clever that they know. It's because God said. John eleven forty one says this. So they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I think that you've heard me. I knew that you always heard me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. Ta-da. Okay, that's a word to us. That they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had said that, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Hear the word of the Lord. Take off the grave clothes and hear the word of the Lord. You know, this is a specific word. Lazarus, come forth. If he would have just said, come forth, guess what? Everybody and everything that had ever died before, come on out, you know, hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, no, my mother-in-law. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, everything that you, everything that you had, everybody had gone before, right, would have come out of that tomb. Only Lazarus. <laughs> That's why he shouted loud, you know. Only Lazarus, come out. And guys, I want you to know that he's saying, Memphis, I've heard your cry. Memphis, I've heard your prayer. I've seen the dedication. Somebody's died. But guess what? I'm calling them out of that tomb. I'm calling them out of that situation. Each and every one of you. And like Chris mentioned before, if you came with bondage, if you came with grave clothes on, the Lord would come and he'd speak liberty and life to each and every one of you this morning. And he'd say, come out of the tomb. It's a new year. We're not taking 2022 with us. Let's close the door. Let's shut that door. Because the grief, the pain, the failures, the anguish. Did you, you know, you, you hear that song we sang? Every one of them, from disaster, there's victory. From hurt, there's freedom, right? So on all the way through. You know, somebody has to pay the price in that because there's no victory without a battle. And I believe the Lord's drawing a line for you that he's breaking that stronghold and bringing you out of that tomb and bringing you to life because I believe your destiny is not fulfilled. Many of you have been believers for a long time but your calling hasn't been tapped. And through this situation and what God's birthing for you, through this belief point of view, you know, thanks Lazarus for dying because we needed this story. But I, I can't imagine laying in that bed, taking your last breath and, you know, and hearing, yeah, I, I, I know, Lord, you said it's going to be okay, but I'm dying right now. This is, this is getting pretty serious and dead to come out of the grave. I bet he had some good stories to tell afterwards, don't you? I think you have some good stories yet to be told. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you make yourself famous 
in this place. We've heard of your miraculous deeds. We've heard of all the wonderful stories. Lord, we've prayed for our own envelopes. Lord, we ask that you would do something spectacular in each and every one of our lives and make yourself famous in our lives. Come and see the man who told me everything about my life. Come and meet the man who gave me a drink of water that quenched my thirst forever. You understand? Lord, give us a testimony to testify of your truth, of your life, of your freedom, and demonstrate yourself. Turn this grave into garden. Does that make sense? Come, Lord. And let's just allow the Holy Spirit to begin the move right now. And guys, I know this is sometimes intimidating because it is the Red Sea opening up and who's going to go first? I also know it's that point of taking that last breath. But you know what? If we can't depend on him, who can we depend on? It's really a temptation to fall into the old methodology. It's really a temptation to fall back into the old status quo. It really is because it, it works. But what is this that God wants to do today? He wants to redeem his church. Let it begin with us, Lord. Demonstrate yourself in power, in might, in liberty, in freedom, and set the captives free, including me. Come, Lord. Susan. I think that's it right now. Can we all just take our hands and put them on our hearts? And wherever your need is right now, only you know where you need God to meet you, how you need need him to heal you. Let's just know this. God's here for you, and he's here for me. He's not here just for a church. He's here for you as an individual. So, Father, we pray right now, will you meet us in that place? Will you raise us up, Lord, from the places where we feel that we've been crushed, where we've died to, Lord? Will you come and resurrect our hearts and our hope? Would you resurrect our peace, Lord? Would you pull us in close to you, Father, and bring healing in every area? I pray this now for healing physically, spiritually, emotionally and financially father come and meet us where we are we love you we thank you we trust you we honor you we give our hearts and souls and lives to you father we place ourselves at your feet father in jesus name in jesus name thank you for joining us today if you enjoyed today's message Share with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.